The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Oh my gosh, I'm so super stoked to sound like I'm from the 80s about this episode about personal branding. And here's why. I really feel like I know a lot about personal branding, but in my preparation for this particular episode, I started really researching it and looking at you know what other experts say about personal branding. And what I realized was my own brand is still very much in transition, more so than what I realized before I started doing the preparation for this particular episode. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share everything that I've learned in my research and preparing for this, but I'm also going to tell you that it was extremely eye-opening. Like, it sounds weird. I hope this makes sense. But this was a really super valuable episode for me because I had to go through the exercises that I'm going to share with you. And in doing so, I'm like, whoa, my brand, my the transition of my brand isn't really where I thought it was. And that our own personal perception can vary quite vastly from the perception of our quote unquote tribe or our lifers or the people who are familiar with us. First, I'm just going to start with the plain old Wikipedia definition of personal branding. It says personal branding is the practice of people marketing themselves for their careers as a brand. Success comes from how we package ourselves or self-packaging. So personal branding involves creating an asset by defining an individual by the clothes that they wear, their physical appearance, their online presence, their knowledge, and kind of how you're packaging yourself to be memorable in any particular space. Personal branding is essentially the ongoing process of establishing a prescribed image or an impression in the mind of others about an individual, a group, or an organization. So personal branding can also involve the application of your name to various products. So for example, celebrities uh, like Donald Trump or um, Kim Kardashian use their name to associate with products that kind of conjure up an image or a lifestyle for people. Now we're going to talk about a lot of things in this episode, but one thing that's not mentioned in many definitions as I've looked them up in my research for this program is your character, your ethics, your beliefs. And those belief systems have been very closely tied to most of our personal brands. In fact, it's how people most easily identify with whether they trust and like someone. Now, here's why I decided to do this particular episode. I hear from people all the time, even in my mentorship groups, who will say to me, I'm really unclear what my brand is. I don't know what my personal brand is, or I don't know how to tell people or define my brand. That made me realize we've really mystified the term personal branding. So I wanted to dig in deep. So let's talk about what it means to have a personal brand. And let me start off by saying, the good news is you already have a personal brand. What you're gonna find out in this program is if your personal brand, your perception in the marketplace, your perception to the general public, to the people who know you and the people who you're trying to connect with, if your perception matches theirs 
And you might find, as I did, that it isn't exactly where you'd like it to be. And that's awesome because it just helps us to identify what we could be doing better to more clearly establish our personal brand. All right, so let's start with step one. Step one is really taking a personal inventory. In other words, being very self-aware, asking yourself, what is it that I want to be known for? What is it that I want people to associate me with based on my past experiences and what I think I bring to the table, what it is I think I have that's unique and special and I want people to know me for. It's how I want to serve people. It's, it's what I want people to think of when they think of me and when they describe me. That's step one. And, and that really does require taking a personal inventory and asking yourself, you know, what, what is it that's special about me? Because I'll talk to people who are, you know, even a stay-at-home mom and someone who doesn't necessarily have a quote-unquote business, but they have purpose and they have passion and they have a message that they want to share with others. If that's you, even if you don't have your own business around it, that is your personal brand. As a matter of fact, if you work in a law firm or for a CPA firm and people know you for something in particular, that has become your personal brand. Now, you have to be aware of that because it might not always be what it is you want people to know you for. And I'll just start by sharing with you that when I ask people to describe my personal brand, nine times out of 10, they start with celebrity fitness trainer. And the reason why that's peculiar to me is because that's just perception. I've done a lot of exercise videos and those videos live on and on and on and people spend time with them every single day. But my own reality is that video took me an hour to film or however long it took me to film and it just kind of lives on and on and on. It was a fraction of my week, um, a, a moment in time that happened that year or that month. But the rest of the time, the rest of my days, my passion and my pursuit really revolves around personal development and business development and coaching people in their businesses. And I've been doing that for years and years and years, but the general public knows me from fitness. So then I have to ask myself, am I okay with that? And do I wish or do I want that to be different? So the answer for me is I am okay with people knowing that I'm a celebrity fitness trainer, but I do want to create more awareness around the fact that my, my true passion, my calling, and where I believe I've helped the most people really make a permanent change, not in just their body fat or the muscles that they have, but permanent change in their whole life is the work that I've done in personal development and business development. So that means it's really up to me to do a better job of marketing those qualities that I believe differentiate me, those qualities that I believe are unique and relate very much to my purpose. The next step in figuring out your personal brand is to ask yourself, what is it about you that's memorable? What stands out? Of all the people who do what you do and know what you know and, and are in your space and happen to have the same type of of job title, or even on paper, it might look like you have similar experiences. But what is it about you that really stands out, that's memorable, that you're like, I'm not just like everybody else because of fill in the blank? For example, think of someone like Rachel Ray. Now, Rachel Ray is a television chef, but she's not a trained chef. What sets her apart, what really allowed people to identify with her and go, yeah, totally, I get it. I like this. I like her. I relate to her is what sets her apart from everybody else in the space. And that was simply that she wasn't professionally trained. She learned her cooking skills, her culinary secrets, if you will, from working in the kitchen with her family. And she always 
made a point, at least in almost every episode that I've ever watched of her, to kind of work that into the messaging. So that's one thing to remember about your personal brand is it's not always obvious to people what it is. You almost have to state it even when it does seem obvious because you're reminding people how it is they can relate to you. And again, when you think about what it is that makes you different, of course, there may be people who have that same differentiator that you do. So I'm in the personal development slash business development space. What I think separates me from most others, not all, but from most others in this space is that I run this business completely with my husband, that we make it our priority to place our marriage first and our children first before any opportunity, before any cool thing that comes our way, before any goal that we set that is ego-driven, we really make our family first. We also incorporate our faith. I think that differentiates us from most other people in this space. Not all, because there's, there's lots of other people, and I'm very attracted to them and part of their tribe. I'm, I'm one of their lifers because they make that known about themselves. So when you make that differentiator known to people, it makes it easier for those people who are looking for that to find you. One person I like to use as an example is Michael Hyatt. The very first time I read one of his books or listened to his podcast, I thought, I love that he's regularly mentioning his wife, his family, and his faith. That helps me understand how it is I relate to his personal brand. It helps me to identify it. And he's not only packaged it that way, he's marketing it, whether you realize it or not, even whether he realizes it or not. It's what we're telling people about ourselves that helps them to identify with us and decide, yeah, it's not really for me or yeah, totally. I like this person. That's what I was looking for. I relate. I trust them. I like them. I want to do business with them. Step three and more clearly defining your personal brand is to think of other personal brands that you really closely relate to. Now, I think this is a really important step. And I, in fact, if you're driving or if you're someplace now where you you can't uh, take some notes, just remember to come back to about the 10 minute mark of this episode so you can go through this exercise. And what I want you to do is just write down some names of personal brands that you think to yourself, I really like what they stand for. I love what they've done over the course of many, many years. I've been a member of their tribe or I am one of their lifers. Some examples I can give to you uh, for me, one of them is Suzanne Summers. I love Suzanne Summers, and I've been one of her lifers since I was a teenager, like we had the thigh master. I watched her on television, so I was already I was already drawn to her even when she was doing something fitness related. And when I think of Suzanne Summers, I think of someone who's just always sharing what it is she's going through with the people who will listen. And it's not because it necessarily fits with a particular image or what people expect of her. She's just like, this is what I'm going through. This is where the stage that I'm at in my life. This is what I've figured out. And if this helps others, fantastic. Whether it's fitness or nutrition or recipes or um, you know, staying youthful and menopause. There's so many cool things that I've seen Suzanne Summers do that I think is very much in alignment with the way I kind of want my brand to look like I don't want to be doing 10 years from now what I'm doing today. I just, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, I'm always going to be sharing it with the people who are willing to listen. Because if I figured something out, I believe it's an obligation to pay it forward and share it with other people. And one of the strongest ways that I've been able to identify with Suzanne Summers is the fact that she's always complimenting her husband. Whether she's doing an interview on QVC or Howard Stern, 
She's always referencing her husband and how intricate their relationship is, even though she's on the cover of the book and even though she's the person on QVC selling. She always gives credit to her husband as being the strength behind that business, even though she might be the face of it. And I I really can relate to that. And I, I respect that. I don't know what the man looks like, but I know his name is Alan. I respect that she's always giving him credit, even when the person who's interviewing her hasn't necessarily brought his name up. She does such a great job of honoring him and making him feel important. And you know what? That's more important in my eyes than making the audience feel important. To me, that speaks volumes, and uh, it's part of why you might not know what my husband looks like, but you know his name is Brett. So by identifying a few people who have personal brands that you really relate to and writing those names down and just spend a moment thinking about why it is you relate to their personal brand and what pieces of it you want to emulate in your own personal brand, whether it's their style, their career path, their personal evolution, what they stand for, where they came from and where they are today, the image that they project, their integrity, and most importantly, jot down a few notes about what it is you know about their values. I think it's those people who make their values really well known that are the easiest to identify with or to kind of repel. I mean, there are there are certain people in, in media who we find them interesting and fascinating and they have some celebrity and fame, but we've we've know so much about their personal values that the reason why they're famous is because we can't even believe people are like that. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sure a few celebrities have come to mind. But when it comes to those that you want to emulate, I want you to think about values that you yourself embrace. The next step in more clearly defining your brand is Asking yourself what your image says about your brand. Branding is really about visually packaging yourself. It's how you show up. It's your first impression. And it says so much to the world about who you are and what it is you represent. Now, there's some studies that say our physical appearance represents anywhere between 20 and 30% of our personal branding package. I would dare say that it is almost double that for women. Listen, I can say that because I am a woman. When a woman meets another woman, we usually don't even remember her name because we are so taking in every part of her appearance. It just is what it is. It's not that we're measuring each other, sizing each other up. It's just we're trying to take in all that information and to form an opinion about people. It's We're trying to understand who they are and what it is they stand for. How many times have you walked into a crowded event, like a, a networking event or event where many of the people there are peers of yours? And those who stand out are the ones who are dressed a little differently. You can either choose to dress to blend in with your background or to stand out. And the more you stand out, the more you differentiate yourself, the easier it will be for people to identify what your brand is all about. When I realized how incredibly important it was to dress appropriately for for my brand, for the message I was trying to send people. That's when I hired an image consultant. I hired Tiffany Lee Bymaster. Many of you probably know her in social media as Coach Glitter. So before any big speaking engagement, what we'll do is schedule out a block of time and she'll come over to my house and on a rack I have hanging, oh, about 30 or 40 different options. From those 30 or 40 different outfit options, we will select four or five that she feels best represent not only my brand, but the topic that I'm presenting on. Now, I have to share with you that on one recent occasion, I had ladies, you'll know what I'm talking about, 
one of those amazing outfits that when you put it on, you're like, yeah, I know this looks good on me. I feel like a million bucks. I know I look good. I love this. And I just, I know she's going to love it, right? And I walked out to show her, you know, the outfit. And usually what she'll do is, okay, say we need to shorten the sleeves a little bit here. And I think you should wear that with these accessories and let's pair it with these shoes. And I fully expected that when I walked out to show her the outfit that I would get that big smile. And instead I got kind of one eyebrow up and, you know, kind of like, you know, dogs do when they're like hear an odd high pitched sound. And I'm like, you don't like this? And she goes, no, I I really like it. It's really cute. And let me guess, you got it from, and she said the name of the the store in the mall where I bought it. And I said, yeah, yeah, how did you know? She goes, well, because it looks like it's from that store. And that's fine. It's really a nice place to shop. But most of the people in your audience will also be shopping there. And your brand, and, and the reason why people come to you is because you've got advanced knowledge. You know what's next before everybody else does. And you're you're filling them in on what's happening in marketing. So if you show up in an outfit that quite possibly 15% of your audience could be wearing some variation of it, then it's difficult to position yourself as the cutting edge leading expert who kind of knows things before everybody else knows things. So while that's a great outfit and I'm totally cool with you wearing that on date night or or to a dinner party, for this particular event, you want to wear something that says, this is just a couple of steps ahead. Um, This isn't something everybody else has. It's special. And I was like, I get it. That matches my brand. And it, it helped me to shop for future events. Now, you can argue that it shouldn't matter if you've got great information and integrity and character and people are coming to you for all the right reasons. It really shouldn't matter what you wear and what accessories you've paired with what shoes. Yeah, I wish that were true. It's just not. So why not, instead of fighting it and like bucking the system, why not just go with it and realize it's it's not that hard to put a little effort and thought into our personal appearance. It's the first thing people see. And especially now today, in today's social media, the way that we market ourselves is visually. That means we've got to make an investment in our visual appearance, in our visual branding. It's our packaging. So consider investing in a personal image consultant. I I mean, I consider myself pretty fashionable. I don't know if you've listened to some previous episodes, but I was pretty darn close to winning Best Dressed my senior year in high school. Nonetheless, it still took the outside opinion of a professional to help me identify where my clothing and my style and my personal taste was just slightly, just slightly off of my personal brand. And it's made all the difference in the world. Consider those things an investment. If you're serious about your personal brand, remember that it's packaging yourself so that people can clearly identify what it is you stand for. Next is being able to identify with a particular group. In other words, what group of people or fans or friends or followers do you most resonate with? Do you most identify with? Because to attract lifers or in other words, or stated another way to build your tribe, there has to be a group of people, maybe even just a small group of people who you feel as though you could be their trusted advisor. These are people who you relate to them, you want to help them, you you know what it is that they stand for, and you believe so much in what it is you're doing that you want to share it with those like-minded people. Now, you've got to identify with a particular group because it's going to help you better clearly identify your own personal brand. Part of your personal brand is understanding who it is you seek to serve. For me personally, I am just so incredibly passionate about helping people 
who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs or who are interested in starting their own business. I am so passionate about helping them do that in a way that doesn't destroy their relationships, that it doesn't destroy their balance, their ability to have fun and enjoy life and to connect with others. I very much identify with people who are passionate and creative and they've got a message to share, but they're good people. They just really don't understand internet marketing and email marketing the way that I've had to learn to understand it. And so I really relate to entrepreneurs who don't like the thought of internet marketing or even social media marketing, but it's the best way, the easiest way, and the most effective way to reach the largest amount of people to really share your message. But for those of us who don't necessarily like sales or feeling salesy or or even the term marketing, there's a way to teach and learn this stuff that doesn't feel slimy and that really helps people understand how important it is to get your message out there. And there's a certain element of technology to that, which I love explaining to people who are very much like me, the creators, the people who have a message to share, people who are in the service and information industry. And so those are the groups I really relate to today. And those are the people who I'm trying to attract as lifers. And part of the reason why I'm so passionate about that today is because I was there once. You know, I I think to become an expert at something, you have to have dealt with and kind of figured out something that was once a huge challenge or trauma or hurdle for yourself personally. And so that's who I really identify with right now. And those are the people who I'm looking to attract to become my lifers. Now, when I say lifers, I'm referring to people who I fully expect to take care of them for the rest of my life. I don't know what I'll be doing 10 years from now, but I know that I'll love what I'm doing. And I know that whatever it is I'm figuring out, I'll be looking over my shoulder with a big smile on my face to make sure the people who are still with me can avoid any misstep. I also think it's important to note that as as a leader, as somebody who is attracting lifers to them, I very much am in the trenches. The people who I relate to, I am, I'm like them. I'm one of them. I'm learning from them. And it's my job to kind of protect them, but it's not my job to tell them what to do. In fact, when I hear someone say, well, Shalene says to do it this way, or you said this was the best way to do it, I correct people and say, that's not true. I will share what has worked best for me, but I would never say there's only one way. There's a million variables that would affect a person's outcome. There's a million different ways to get the same result. I'll share my best practices and I hope to improve them. And I hope I have the people around me who are willing to say, let's try it a different way, who are willing to be curious and then share their answers with the group. Like we really take care of each other. And I think, I think that's how you know, that, that's how you know you can trust people because you feel like you're one of them. I want those who are my lifers to know that I am their lifers. I'm going to take care of them as long as I can serve them. And and to be a true leader, you have to be a part, you have to see yourself as a part of something, meaning I, I'm still in the trenches. I might be just a little further ahead in one area or another, but my job is never to think of myself as a dictator or someone who's telling everyone how to do something. I'll only share my best practices and I'll share them so that you can examine them and figure out if this way works for you, if there's another way. And I hope that because you feel a part of this, that you'll share your own experiences if you've tried something and it actually worked a lot better. At least from my vantage point, I, I believe a true leader does just that. They don't dictate to their group because they're a member of the group and they know that collectively we're so much better when there is curiosity, when there is discussion, when there is forum. And the difference between a leader and someone who's really creating an ego-based 
tribe is um, that that's not a tribe. That's a group of people who are worshiping one person. And I just, I think that's dangerous. And I think that's how people operate when they are actually lacking in confidence. And I, I think it's a very paranoid way to operate. I mean, a true leader has the confidence to know and to believe that we are a member of a group and we want everyone to do better. And that includes ourselves. How could one person ever have all the answers? That's when you know you've attracted the right kind of people to you. The kind of people who are willing to stand up and say, hey, I've found this really cool app. I found this incredible way of reaching more people. I'm reading this amazing book and you guys have to hear about it. I've found this outstanding podcast and I want to share it with you. That's how you attract lifers is to remember that first and foremost, you yourself are a lifer. So at the beginning of this episode, I shared with you that I'd gone through a few personal exercises this week, which helped me to identify where in particular my personal perception of my brand didn't align with the general population or the people who I think of as members of my tribe. Now, I want to share those exercises with you so that you too can get a better sense of where your perception might be slightly off that of your followers and the people who you're trying to serve. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is go to your Facebook page, your Facebook like page, because I know you have one. And if you don't, you need to get one or go to your Twitter or go to your Instagram and just ask people to answer the following questions for you. If you had one elevator ride to pitch me to somebody who you know would love my services or what it is I have to offer, how would you do that? If you had to do it in like three or four sentences, how would you describe me? Now, again, when I went through that exercise, I saw that most people would describe me first, like the very first description was celebrity fitness trainer um, or motivator or uh, workout person. And then they went into some personal development or business development or that I'm an author. That's how I realized my my own marketing efforts have been creating that uh, misconception. And when I say misconception, meaning it doesn't really align with what I want people to know me for, first and foremost. I still want to be known for my contributions and my dedication to fitness, but I'm hoping that that's like the second or third piece that people think of when they think of my name. So go ahead and ask that question to your fans and friends in social media. Now, if you don't want to do this on Facebook or in social media, you can simply send that same question to a group of 10 or 20 of your associates. But I would suggest that you send it to a variety of people. And by that, I mean some people who know you well and know what it is you want to stand for. And then maybe some people you've lost touch with over the last couple of months or couple of years and just see what comes back. The next exercise is to simply try to write two or three sentences that describes your personal brand. Now, this is not as easy as it sounds. So don't let that idea just bounce around in your head. I triple dog dare you to actually write it out. How would you describe your personal brand? What adjectives come to mind when you think of your personal brand? Are you cutting edge? Are you down to earth? Are you girl next door? Are you a, a guy's guy, an entrepreneur's entrepreneur? Now, you've only got a couple of sentences to do this. So some of those adjectives need to convey to people what's special about what it is you do, because lots of people do what you do. But what's special about the way you do it? So if, if you're imagining putting just maybe a couple of sentences on a box, a box that packages you, and you want someone to pick it up off the shelf, and it's, it's sitting on a shelf right next to other packages of other people that are very similar in the same space as you, and you need your box to stand out. You need someone to pick up your box 
and look at that little doll of you, that little figurine that represents you and your personal brand. And on the outside of that packaging are the words that describe what's inside you, your personal brand. And it's right next to your competitor who does very much what you do, but there's something that sets you apart. What is that? And can you find a way to describe it in a couple of sentences? Not easy. I can tell you for me, it was really, really hard because I had to keep thinking about, well, do I include this? And this is kind of who I am and that's kind of who I am. But when I boiled it down to two or three sentences and a few important adjectives, it really helped me to clarify my personal brand. And you'll see, I'm, I'm gonna take on a whole new direction on Facebook and on YouTube and even on Instagram. You're gonna see less of the fitness stuff. It's still part of who I am, but I really wanna attract people who need my help, the people who I can help, and personal development, living a more balanced, happier, relationship-based life, a life that allows you to live your life by design. I want to help people who are starting their own businesses and don't necessarily understand internet marketing and social media marketing. So if I'm going to do that, I've got to position myself. I've got to market my own personal brand to better convey that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been a really fun week for me, very eye-opening to take a look and and really do some reflection on what it was I've been doing lately that was actually detracting from the direction I want to go in. I hope that you've done the same. I hope you'll give me some feedback and let me know how the show has helped you. Speaking of which, it is so important. It's so I'm realizing and being new to podcasting how critical it is and how blessed I am to have those of you who have been willing to take time out of your day to rate this podcast, to rate this show, to share it with other people, and to leave me a review on iTunes. It's huge. I had no idea how much it affects the ability to basically have people find out about the show. Like you you drop into oblivion if people aren't talking about your show and rating it and leaving reviews on iTunes. So I just want to thank you for doing that. And um, hey, listen, you are the bomb.com. Let me know you listened to this episode by going to my Facebook page. You can also help keep me accountable as I work to better transition my personal brand and just leave me a message and use the hashtag personal branding. And I'll know that you heard this message. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Now go build that personal brand. Be you times two. 